Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. True story. Uh, one of our most popular guests uh, is Matt Dugmany Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, that's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. -on -one. Specializing in criminal law located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is. It's the BS. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I know, right? Well, it's funny because anyone that ever fills in for Jason always tries to imitate his opening for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I would never. Well, I guess I did just do that. But uh, yeah, it's just it's his thing. So you got to you got to let him do it. Right. Yeah, I usually start off the podcast with an all right. But then I go, all right, we don't made it to another week. <laughs> yeah, I like your opening. I just do a happy Friday fuckers. Uh, but this is episode uh, 155 of the BS podcast. I am Nate. Um, that is Brandon over there. How you doing, Hello. Brandon? 155, man. We've been doing it a while. Yeah. And we have my wife, Alexis, here. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> and Tiger. Tiger, he probably won't talk much, but he's here. Tiger's napping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jason and Nikki and Nelson, they've all had a super busy week. If you follow them on social media, you've probably seen that uh, Jason surprised his daughter and his wife for uh, her prom prom, prom photos prom. yeah senior yeah. prom photos Beautiful. so he flew from sacramento back to atlanta and i think he spent a day there so, which is a lot for him because he does not like to travel no <laughs> not at all <laughs> at least uh with um with anybody that he doesn't know because he likes to be able to pound you on the leg or <laughs> um, squeeze you really hard so it's usually me or his wife um, brandon you haven't flown with jason yet have you no, I've just dropped them off at the airport and, uh, you know, get on the flight behind them. Well, actually, no, I, we flew with them one time. When, I think the first time we came to Mexico, we were on the same flight, but they didn't sit anywhere near us. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> up in the first class, huh? Yeah, they were. They just, like, <laughs> pretended like they didn't even see us as we walked by. <laughs> God, yeah. poor people. Yeah, so they, um, yeah, so the, the rest of the gang won't be here this week, uh, so we'll uh, definitely get back with them next week. 
Um, so uh, we just thought we'd get together a little bit. We'd um, kind of bullshit. And we do have an interview for you. We have, um, who are we talking to this week? Uh, oh, yeah, Emily Swallows from The Mandalorian. Did you watch The Mandalorian? No, I have not. I mean, I, I know uh, Pedro Pascal's in it. I've grown to like him over the past few months watching The Last of Us. Yeah, oh, yeah, I really like uh, I like him from Game of Thrones and from The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was that yeah. fancy guy from, like, France or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was like the sword fighter dude. Yeah, yeah. he got his head smashed in. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Emily Swallow, not Swallows. Gotcha. But uh doesn't make it that much better. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure she's uh, she's had a lot of jokes made at her expense growing up in high school with a bunch of immature boys. <laughs> she was terrible. Or actually, probably still does, honestly. <laughs> I'm surprised, uh, you know, she uh, she made it that far. Or she did, Actually, I'm surprised she didn't change it when she became an actress, because you can kind of change your name to whatever, right? When you become an actor or a, a thespian. Yeah. I mean, I would think, I mean, rappers do it all the time. I mean, I guess they just do it like to hide their real identity. So you can't look them up, but yeah, it's kind of ironic because you're like in the public eye, but you don't want to be in the public eye. So you change your name. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. And some of them aren't like that much different. The, the funny ones I think are the rappers that, that change their names, oh, yeah. you know, cause it's like, <laughs> was it, isn't Ja Rule's real name like Jeff or something? It's like Calvin or something. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Atkins. Is that Ja Rule or is that DMX? Jeff Atkins. Yeah. I'm going to have to look uh, it up. Ja Rule. Uh, it kind of starts with a J. I would think maybe he kept at least one letter in his name. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look that you know, up. Uh, Gunna is Sergio Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's very unique. And of course what Snoop Dogg is. Uh, was it Calvin Bro- oh, Brodus? That's the one I is remember. That what it is? Calvin, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Ja Rule is Jeffrey Bruce Adkins. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. Oh man, but yeah, Brandon, would you change your name to anything? Uh, I would. I guess you kind of did, it. right? Your name isn't Brandon. Well, yeah, it is. Well, was it your middle name, right? Oh, yeah, it's my middle name. That was like a simulation. You're about to reveal that you're my real father. Like, nope, your real name's Jason. Jackson. Yeah, I think, you know what? I'm the only person with a real name on the show. Um, or that actually goes by my birth name. Well, I guess technically your middle name's your birth name. But, yeah, you. what was your real name you said? Are you, you on? Know my first name, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeremy's yeah. my first name. Yeah, Jeremy. I just really liked that name. It always just seemed weird to me. I just associated with germs when i was little and i just always told the teachers my name is brandon uh yeah probably you know it's funny because i didn't get that at all but i guess if you're in the south and your name's jeremy because <laughs> i'm like jeremy where did i don't get the germs Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> jeremy. okay that makes sense um and then um nikki's real name is tedril right tedril. yeah and she doesn't like that and uh, then like a sushi roll like a ted some kind of a Different kind of sushi roll. I've never heard of that one. I don't know. Maybe. It might be. It's the How I Met Your Mother roll. (laughs) Dead roll. Nikki, like, Photoshop her face, like, on the end of a sushi roll or something. Oh, that'd be so cute. (laughs) That would be funny. (laughs) And then Jason, well, that's his real name, but I think he's had, like, five last names. So, remember he was saying, like, his Bailey isn't even his mom's last name or maiden name or anything like that. It's just, it was one of the stepdads. (laughs) Just the one she liked that uh, got tired of changing the name, I guess. Yeah. And then Nelson is that's not his real name. That's well, that's his last name. His first name is Josh. Yeah, I didn't know that till the other day. I saw him on Facebook. I was like, damn, that guy looks familiar, but 
Nelson. Different name. Yeah. They look very similar. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel like a lot of people go by their last names and especially different like careers. Right. You know? But usually Sounds actors, like- I think they go by a different name if their name is hard to pronounce or remember something like that. Right. right. Why would you change swallows? I mean, you always remember that. Yeah, but you're going to get so many <laughs> jokes and I don't know, you get, uh, I guess you could get in the porn industry easier because that just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're already set. You don't even have to change your name. <laughs> oh, man. But how was, uh, did you guys do anything for 420? You all don't really smoke that much, right? So did you do anything uh, for 420? Yeah, I don't smoke as much as I used to. We, uh, we just went over to August's house and, um, smoked a little reefer there and cooked some pork chops on the grill. It took, mm. uh, like 30 minutes to get the grill going because he used a Dollar General charcoal, which is like just crushed up cigarette ash pretty much. <laughs> That's one of the lights. Yeah. And then we found out you can, uh, you can use a shit ton of uh, rubbing alcohol, I think. Um, it's rubbing alcohol, yeah. And it's like not toxic for you. And it's actually more efficient and uh, cheaper than a uh, lighter fluid. It tastes better. Hmm. Wait, wait, you're eating the lighter fluid? Oh, you just well, mean after you grill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So you don't have that, that taste on there. Yeah. It doesn't so taste like, like the ashtray anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. But you, what, you said it took them a real long time to, to grill? Yeah, it took them like 30 minutes to get the grill started. And then like another, that charcoal took about an hour to actually get ready. And then another 20 minutes on the pork chop. So we didn't start eating until about 10, which, you know, the weed probably uh, had a little bit to do with that. Kept forgetting to get the grill going and kept forgetting <laughs> to check on it. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I... um. I miss having a grill. I do too. Uh, <laughs> but did you did you come to Shellha with us, or did you come to Eshkaret? Uh, I went to Eshkaret. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Shellha is the snorkel park. That's the one. Uh, that's where we went for for four twenty. No, maybe that is the one I went to. Is that the one where you get in and you go through the mangroves and everything, and they got that jump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to that one. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. So that's what we did for four twenty. We had some friends in town from Atlanta. Um, Alexis's old coworkers. So we. I thought we'd go and do that because it's all inclusive. So we're like, shit, we'll just bring some, brought some blunts, brought some gummies, and just we're like, we'll just float around and it's a fun day and eat all we want because it's you know buffets and shit. So yeah, it was a good time. Hell yeah! Do it. Do y'all get uh? Where do y'all get your weed from? I mean, don't have to tell me his legal name, but is it just someone like y'all just saw on the street one day, like one of your neighbors, or like, hey, you smoke weed? <laughs> like, yeah, we but we can't find any right now. No, actually, we get it. Well, we used to get from our buddy that we met when we first moved here, but he's back in Chicago for a couple months. But then I just met this other dude. I can't remember how I met him exactly. I think I found him on Facebook. There's a group. There's like a weed group for for Playa, and it just people just post like their shit in there. So they'll be like, "Hey, I got gummies. I got gummies. I got gummies. What do you want? What do you want? Fifty milligram, ten milligram." Um, and then they uh, they'll post like cartridges, and then their different weed and stuff. So I met this dude there, and I think he's from. We, I think we talked about it on our podcast, but he is from L.A. He's like an L.A. Mexican. So I think yeah. he was born there, but Very then nice. he moved here. Yeah, he's super cool. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of we kind of know him. But yeah, we don't get it from like the dudes on the street that hassle you for car rentals and cocaine and <laughs> shit like that. Everything <laughs> yeah, you could ever want. Yeah. <laughs> price and fucking break in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, for 20, we went there, we smoked a blunt in the woods. It was pretty fun. And then, uh, we went snorkeling, we went down those mangroves. Jungle. Yeah. In the jungle. Smoking yeah. In the sorry. Jungle, in the jungle. The yeah. Is, oh yeah. That's a good question. Brandon, do you, is there a difference between the woods and the jungle? Yeah. Uh, I think like the, the flora and fauna, those are some big words that I know. I think <laughs> those are a little different down there. Whenever I think of, when I think of the woods, I think of, or yeah, when I think of the woods, I think 
trees that are like close to a civilization. And then when I think forest, I think a little further away. And then when I think jungle, I think really just in the middle of nowhere. And it's got a lot of different plants, like more greenery and more shrubs and shit growing out of the ground versus taller trees like oaks and pines. Right. See? <laughs> That's a good way to think of it. I think I don't know. For some reason, I think of forest and woods. At, well, first of all, I feel like that they're the same thing. Or like the woods are like a section of the forest. But I feel like both of those things, they're pointy. Like if I if I made like a very like – minimalist drawing of the woods yeah. or the forest it'd be like pine trees like point 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 yeah. oh, you know like everything's kind of sticks and pointy and and like hard shapes but then for some reason i feel like a jungle is like everything's curvy like yeah. palm oh, trees are curving curvy. over oh. yeah the leaves are all curvy they got curvy coconuts you know all that type of thing but yeah i don't know what the actual definition is but anyway so we were smoking a blunt in the the jungle <laughs> and then we went and did that that mangrove thing where we're snorkeling down there Ooh. so we're and we and i don't know if we ate a gummy before also but it was we're feeling good and i'm swimming and i see this yellow fish in the mangroves and i'm following it and it's like going in between the the like mangrove vines or whatever and i'm i've been following it for like five minutes and then it comes out to like that open area and it was a leaf. And so I <laughs> I was high following this leaf for like five minutes. <laughs> you were. You really were. <laughs> I was watching it. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It was down towards the bottom. Uh, we're like, where's Nate? He must see something awesome down there. Where'd he go? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, what, anything else you guys uh, had going on 420 or anything else on uh, this past weekend? Uh, yeah, actually this past weekend we went up to uh, Old Edgewood. We've been going to this bar called Church. I don't know. It's. It's St. Lucia's Church or something like that, but it's actually a bar, and they got, like, darts up there and a little hangout area outside. But after that, we were, like, starving, and we were looking for food, and we ran into this other bar. I'm talking about, I don't know if you've ever been to Edgewood Avenue, but it is very sketchy. That's where a lot of people get killed. The gangs are pretty bad right there. So we're walking down at, like, 2 in the morning. We find this bar. We thought it was a sports bar, but it was, like, an all-black hookah lounge there. We walk in there. We just look like two grains of salt in like a pepper shaker. <laughs> yeah, I was like all black as in like the clientele or the walls? <laughs> oh, both. Okay. <laughs> there's black people. There's black walls. It was cool in there. They had the jams bumping. They had the rap going. You know, I like some rap. They were playing the explicit versions. And, you know, this one chick kept eyeballing us at the bar. She gave us a hit of her um, of her hookah. We nice. got a little bit of Hennessy, a little bit of a uh, vodka waters, and then uh, we hung out there for about thirty minutes, and then we left, went outside, started talking to these guys, bought some weed right off of them, walked down the street while I rolled me a nice little joint, and then we found this guy. He was selling. I mean, there's no way he was legit. He was just sitting on the side of the uh, side of the road with a cooler, and he had like these big ass adult juice packs but they were like liquor and it just i assume he made them like in his basement or his kitchen oh probably like no health standards we were drunk and we bought like three of them and we kept walking then we found this lady on the corner of edgewood and i think jackson and uh she just started she was cooking food and we're like she was shutting down i was like can we please get a get a sandwich we're starving she's like no honey we're shutting down we're like what if we make you a free video so we showed her our TikTok and we made her a free video and we got a, a free uh, Philly cheesesteak out of that, man. And I don't know if it was just because we were drunk, but that was the best Philly cheesesteak I've ever had. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they used to make, I mean, they still do, but bars make those kind of Capri Sun type of liquor drinks. But yeah. Yeah, it looks like this dude just stole the idea and made them in his basement with some Kool-Aid and, <laughs> and some whiskey or something. Oh, man. How much were they? 
Uh, they're fifteen bucks. They're <gasps> a little high, but they're. Oh, I mean, they're, they're you know they're pretty tall. They're probably about eight inches tall, and you got. You got to get a little bit of liquor out of there. I had the blue Raz one. It was pretty good. Damn, that's crazy. That's yeah, so you guys went to the um, church, the sister. Yeah, yeah. We started there, then we went, and then we came back, and we hung out there for a little while. And we, you know, we were sitting in there for a little while. The first time we went, it was pretty cool. A lot of chicks, a lot of people in there. And this time we went, there weren't really a lot of people, and there were a lot of dudes. And you know, they they looked a little on the other side. I don't know if there was a gay bar we were at. So yeah. we're, we're a little worried now if it's a gay bar or not. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know about uh, gay church hookah night? Yeah. <laughs> we know that bar all too well. Yeah, we we have a funny story about that bar. So my family came down to visit for Christmas in Atlanta one year. And we took them down to Monday Night Garage Uh in the uh what's it called the leon white district i think it's on the belt yeah, line it's probably changed now yeah um and then afterward oh and we met uh lindsey lindsey marie from the station and patrick down there and then we had this idea we we're gonna go to to church um because what, what's the full name's like sister louise something and ping pong emporium yes. or something like <laughs> yeah. that uh-huh. yeah um and i'd been there one other time and i remember you can put on those robes and I don't know if you ever went upstairs, oh, but you graduation robes or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think they're choir robes yeah, and yeah, yeah, same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we put those on and, you know, dance around with them. So that's what we wanted to go do. So I had, it was when I had that cheers fuckers light up sweater yeah, that I'd wear the in the holidays. Yeah. Sure. When I, oh, that yeah. I'd wear in the winter. And so yeah. when we got there, I think, oh, when we had rented a minivan to like haul everyone around. Patrick's so driving. when we got there, I just let them across or let everyone out across the street. And I was like, I got to go get some batteries because my, my cheers fuckers is dying. <laughs> and so Lexus came with me. And so it was just like down the, down the street, We went around the block, went to the gas station, you know, after we'd let them off, they just had to run across the street. It was right at the corner, almost maybe like two cars back. And, um, then when we get the, the batteries, we come back and we park almost where we dropped them off. And when we're sitting there and I'm putting the batteries in, we're like, Oh, there's an ambulance outside and there's a bunch of lights and a bunch of people and what's going on. And we get out and we realize that my brother's girlfriend, when they're all running across the street, she got hit by a van. She ran across and it, it was snowy and icy. And so I, I don't say she's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's okay. Obviously yeah, she, you're laughing. No, she didn't make it. She's I mean, okay. <laughs> we buried her in one of those robes and she still is up there to this day. She's yeah. one of the decorations at church. <laughs> she's good. Yeah. But so apparently what happened, when we let them all out. They weren't technically at the crosswalk. They were like two, two cars down. Or they thought they were. <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought they were. And so they just all start running across the street and this van, I think it was like a coffee delivery truck turned and it was coming around, you know, turned on the corner and right when she was running across, like the front right corner clipped her, hit her in the butt and like shot her into the curb and she like skidded down the, skidded down the gutter. But I guess she was completely okay. She was just like a little stunned, like, holy shit, I just got hit by a car. She had bumps and bruises and was shaking up. She already drunk or had been drinking before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, maybe, and uh, maybe a little limber. You know, they say when people like DUIs and they like always survive because they're like limp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good reason to have drive drunk, but you know, yeah. if you're in an accident, it's good to be you know <laughs> a little limp. Yeah, and it's actually a weird subject with our family now. Like we don't really like to bring it up because I kind of feel like it was our 
our fault. We ran across the street, not like on a crosswalk. It wasn't like a, a light that we could go or anything. And this guy that was driving, well, he was delivering uh, like a coffee, I guess, for, for some like little cafe or something like that. He uh, he probably like stopped and skidded and ran, you know, like didn't try to hit her. No. I, from what I understood, like wow. he skidded into her. But they they like reported it to insurance and everything and and got some money from this guy. And so I'm sure he got fired. And this was like Christmas Eve. So I'm like, y'all drunk asses got this guy fired on Christmas Eve and he had to pay money. <laughs> you know, it was like because you, you were dr- running across in an area and they were like, well, he should have been watching, which he should have. Yeah. But if it's icy and snowy and they're going to slide into him. There's not a lot you can do at that point. So it's something we kind of don't bring up because I, I feel bad for this dude that accidentally hit somebody and lost his job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah damn. I guess that guy stayed around to make sure there's okay. and didn't drive off. Yeah, I think he had to because he was in a company van. So like, yeah, that, he stayed. Yeah. So that's probably why he got fired. And, you know, who knows what else. Yeah, but. It might have been bad if someone called but like <laughs> a big ass thing on the side of the van said like Miguel Donuts. Miguel <laughs> had a bunch of calls. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so but she was fine. We went inside and um, we went upstairs and put all those robes robes on. We have like this funny video of us all dancing to uh, was it We Are Family, like know, Sledge Sisters or something. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, we have some memories at that place. <laughs> we did not go to the scary wing place after though. We did not. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good, man. I tell you, uh, you know, as long as you're not trying to get in fights with anyone, it usually goes pretty good on that side. <laughs> yeah. You guys got any plans for the summer? You got any trips coming up or anything? Oh, man, I'm hoping to, uh, I got to go May 25th through the 30th. I'm going to Kentucky for my cousin's graduation. She wants me to come up there, so I'll I'll do that for the weekend. And I plan on coming down there to old Mexico here sometime this summer. And then uh, I'm going to surprise Jason and Nikki and them out in Sacramento. Uh, show up one day. <laughs> oh, that'll be real good. They won't knock even, on his door. Even if somebody listens to this tells them, they don't know when or where. Nope. Whoa. Never know. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, my buddy just got back from uh, Colombia. He went to Colombia and Ecuador. He says, like, dude, shit's so cheap in Colombia. Just, like, the food and stuff. I mean, he ended up, he was, like, backpacking, and he's like, yeah, I ran out of money, and I was just trading English lessons to uh, these people's kids to have a place to sleep and eat and everything like that. So Man. he was, like, teaching people's kids English in exchange for you know a bed to sleep in and some food and shit um, yeah you have to what know spanish though you can't just be shouting english words at kids no. yeah probably not Let me sleep yeah probably not in, especially a little bit there because it's not a, as touristy side so i don't think he said they spoke a lot of english but he did tell me he was like um so i was like so did you you know you're in Colombia? did you try the the white stuff the white lightning <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah actually i did Said he bought uh, a joint from a dude on the street for two bucks, and he got a gram of coke for four dollars. And I was like, oh, Jesus! Did he die? <laughs> no. no. Did you die? I know, but I mean, that's I guess a good deal. I don't know. <laughs> Compared to college, yeah, it was a good deal back then. But I don't Is know. Is that someone that like lives down there? Y'all met, or y'all knew him before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we knew he lives down here. Actually, it's our weed dealer that's not here in town right now. Uh, so he's off, you know, going around there, but he says super cheap there. Uh, he said Ecuador was about comparable to the U S cause they use whatever. Really? I don't know if they use the dollar or if they just base their money's worth off the dollar. I think he said they use the dollar now. Do they? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it's like the prices are kind of similar, I guess, at least in the areas that he went. Um, but man, yeah. Columbia seems pretty cool. He was showing me this video of 
the way like in the valley, like in the mountains, the way that they get from like village to village is they have this. Well, some of them, they have zip lines. And if the village is like up higher, they got a little zip line. I've seen some videos of these old grandmas like jumping on and zip lining down to the next village. Oh, my God. That's so cute. <laughs> that's funny. And then um, another video he showed us, they have this thing and it's like they rigged up these pallets on these. It's kind of like a zip, like a two thing zip line. But they rig these pallets and motorcycles up to them. So the the front of the motorcycle sits on the pallet and then the back of it is like connected to the wire somehow. And so when uh-huh. you gas the motorcycle, it like makes you go down this kind of track or whatever. So they use these like motorcycle pallet things to like get around, I guess. It's very weird. I'll just send you the video. It's 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 oh, interesting. Okay. Do they like transport food and shit on that part? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a way to get back and forth uh, without having to walk or hike or whatever, and then they can bring shit with it. So it's like, damn, that's fucking genius. Interesting. <laughs> it seems safer than like those tuk-tuk things. Those motherfuckers, every time I see a video, they're hauling ass. It's like oh, either yeah. there's got two positions, go and stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those things are scary. In Egypt, they called them cockroaches because he's like, these little fuckers are just you know, coming out of the woodwork and going in between cars and shit Tiniest like that. These little tires, they seem like they would flip easy. Yeah, you'd think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, but no, I haven't read. We had one buddy that had a tuk-tuk down here, but haven't really seen a ton. And he called it a tuk-tuk. Yeah. So, so maybe I'm it's, sure it's just a based different. on the area. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Tomati. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'd love to have you guys down here sometime again. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, we'll uh, we'll do a little more planning planning ahead this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. That way we uh we got a place for as long as we need to, and uh, make it to the airport and not spend another two days trying to catch a flight. And bring sandals or water shoes. Yeah. Don't wear your boots more here. One, it's hot. More than one pair of pants. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get a new hat down here. Ooh. Oh yeah, I actually get one that says Plato Carmen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did no. the other one say? Riviera Maya or something. Yeah, Riviera Maya, and then I got that uh, magnet that said Cancun. <laughs> You're like, well, good. You got a you got a magnet to a place you didn't even go. So yeah, to the airport. Yeah, you got the airport magnet. <laughs> well, you flew in there, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Technically, <laughs> I guess he's been there. You've been <laughs> Spring there. Spring break. <laughs> All right, that's good. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and do the interview with uh, Emily Swallow from The Mandalorian, and Jason is on this one, so uh, sit tight. And also, if you are a premium two percenter after the bonus content is going to we're bringing back one question with Brandon since we've got a hold of Brandon here. So (laughs) you got a question, Brandon? I do. All right, cool. All right. Well, sit tight and we'll be right back. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said, hello, 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife. 404-797-4600. That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor and that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy, and she's my wife, and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her 
I am rachelguy at gmail.com. Rodents get cold too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. Inspectallservices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS, receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly, chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com. And back to you, Jason. It's the third season of The Mandalorian. On Disney Plus, one of the, and as a diehard Star Wars fan, mind you, one of the only spin-off-y types of shows that has legs. You know what I mean? It's because it's got some substance to it. Uh, From day one, episode one, I believe, the armorer has been in The Mandalorian, who is played by Pedro Pascal, right? The uh, Last of Us hear his voice and you think uh, zombie guys are coming out again emily swallow <laughs> plays the armor i'm not wrong on that right now that when you hear pedro's voice you're like oh my god if somebody opens their mouth those weird infected i know you don't know what to where where, where to turn what to look for <laughs> it, it, it was just bec- like this third season i started thinking that i'm i'm, I'm hearing the mandalorian i'm going Oh man, where's the what? What show am I watching right now? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Pedro's in everything, so I, it's understandable that you would get confused. <laughs> right? What's he like to work with? Cool, huh? Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, I've known him for years. Um, we we go back to New York theater days, and uh, and then we got to work together on The Mentalist for a few episodes, and so it's it's really it's a a treat and a hoot to get to see him sort of blowing up you know when you've known somebody and then all of a sudden everybody else is like wait this person's incredible it's really really something and and we because of streaming services you know i hate to kind of put people in that what you said it. i'm glad you said it like just now blowing up i mean he's not a spring chicken right he's not a kid um you know he's he's an older guy but he's been doing this his whole life this is his craft. Yeah. And and now, like you said, he's blown up. He's got two of the biggest shows on television. And that's because there's more opportunities for, for you guys and girls to, to, to do your craft, right? I guess. I mean, so much of it is just like such a crazy mixture of timing and opportunity because the fact of the matter is, you know, most of us, and I know this to be true about Pedro, and I know this to be true about myself, you know, we've... We, we love what we do and we work really hard at it and we work hard at it no matter what the project is, whether or not people see it. And there's a ton of stuff that we've been working hard at for years and we've been happy doing what we're doing. And then all of a sudden we get incredibly blessed to be on these shows that have a bunch of eyes on them. And so then people are like, oh, wait, who are you? And uh, and it's weird because, you know, we're just doing what we've been doing the whole time. <laughs> Well, when I see a story like like Pedro or Andrew Lincoln, you know, from The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. uh, this is what I think. And tell me if I'm off here, Emily, that these these people are in it because they love it. They're not in it for the fame. All the fans think that you guys are in it for the fortune and fame. But if you're in it for the fortune and fame, you probably would have quit years ago like those people. But they waited. They waited 
They waited. They got it. And now they have it. But it's still, they're humble. They're not like, look at me. I'm a big celebrity. Am, am I kind of spot on on how that works? Yeah, I think I think that's an accurate assessment for sure, because it's uh, the the fame can be a perk in that it can, you know, it can get you more exposure and hopefully get you access to more of the projects you want to do. But um, if you're in it for the fame, you're going to be sorely disappointed because there is (laughs) so much uh, that goes on that people don't see that you really have to have a lot of faith that you're, you're doing the right thing and stick with it um, and face a whole lot of rejection on the way to, to getting those projects that finally, I guess, give you that kind of leverage. So it's uh, the fame is one tiny little sliver of it. So how did you get this gig? You've been on the Mandalorian for now all three seasons. So you're there, you're OG. You never take your mask off because if you know anything about Mandalorians, true Mandalorians don't take their masks off. Um, which we can get into all the nerd stuff here in just a second, but, right. but did you, did you audition or I did, okay. I went about it the old fashioned way. I, uh, I just had an audition for this show that I knew was probably star Wars related. You know, they were very secretive about it and it was not called the Mandalorian. Then it hadn't been announced or anything. Ah. Um, and I knew the character would be masked. They made that clear in case anyone, I guess, didn't want to take a part like that. And, um, and I just had a few simple scenes to audition with. And I do remember saying, this is the way in the audition. Um, and, uh, one of the scenes was very similar to one of those season one scenes where, uh, Paz Vizla and Din Djarin, you know, get all macho-y and, and want to fight. And then the armor breaks it up. And, um, and I just knew she was a, a Zen-like leader of a group of people. And that was kind of it. And so, you know, I, I did my homework. I do what I do for any other audition. I didn't think much of it. Um, I was actually planning my wedding at the time. So I was much more caught up in that. Um, <laughs> and I was doing a play. I was doing a play with, with a, a Shakespeare play with Tom Hanks at the same time. So there was plenty of reason, like, not to get to... Um, not to wonder too much about it, which I'm glad for, because I think if I'd had any idea of what it had the potential to be, I might have been kind of stressed out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, how, how would you know? I mean, other than just being a part of the uh, the Lucas franchise, uh, so to speak, with the Star Wars, you don't know if it's going to blow up. You don't know what it's going to do. You didn't no, because you have no idea how the fans are going to receive it. And and you just, um, you know, I, I knew there were good people connected to it. I mean, I was dying to work with, with John and with Dave and I had no idea who else was going to be cast in it and still didn't really know all the people until it aired because of how, how much they keep everything under wraps. So yeah, it's been a wild ride. That's kind of turned into a law and order SVU with all these special guest appearances. I mean, you've had what Jason Sudeikis this uh, season, Lizzo, Jack Black, I mean, do you know that they're coming or do they just kind of show up and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You're in, you're, you're in this episode, huh? It's a little bit of both. It depends on um, whether or not I'm a part of that episode or whether or not I, I mean, this season, because I was in, in so many more of the episodes, I had access to more of the script. So I knew, even though I wasn't in that episode with Lizzo and Jack Black and Christopher Lloyd, I knew that they were, they were part of it. And I, um, and I did get to meet 
Christopher Lloyd, which was just such a, an awesome <laughs> experience for me. Cause you know, I grew up watching back to the future and he's yeah. such a phenomenal actor. Um, but yeah, then there's always surprises too. Like I'm watching the episodes and, and there's storylines that I'm not a part of. And I go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they got that person. That's brilliant. <laughs> Did you ask him to say, uh, 1.21 gigawatts? <laughs> I did not. I oh. didn't. I refrained. But 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 I can hear in your voice you wanted to. I know, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to mark out so bad. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh over 80 million views in the first 24 hours for the just wow. the trailer. I mean, you know, Mandalorian's been out since March on, on Disney Plus, but I mean, just to think that the Star Wars community and beyond has accepted the Mandalorian the way it has. Um, were you a Star Wars fan going into this? I was, um, I feel like, you know, there's different levels of Star Wars fans. And, uh, I was a, I was a moderate Star Wars fan because I, I grew up with the original movies mm -hmm. and I have, I mean, I, I got to, uh, to meet, um, Warwick in, uh, in London at Celebration recently and tell him that like, cause his, his for he played an, an Ewok uh, when he was 11 in Return of the Jedi. And so I got to tell him like Ewoks were my, they were my jam. Like they were sort of my way into Star Wars. I loved the Ewok characters so much. And when I was a kid, I would play like Ewok adventures in my backyard. And, um, and so it was always a part of my, you know, imagination. It was a part of my, my, the like, uh, volumes of stories that I had stored away. Um, but I was not familiar with the animated series. Um, and so I didn't know a whole lot about the Mandalorian culture when I got cast. And that was something that I had to definitely, um, sort of have a crash course in, um, and I mean, the, I, I continue to learn more every time I go to a convention, I meet people who are telling me more and mind you, I also, I have to be, be, uh, discriminating because there's a lot of people who want to tell me a bunch of theories. And I realize those are not necessarily Canon, mm -hmm. uh, but they're very interesting to hear. <laughs> What's the most interesting theory that you've heard about a Mandalorian? Um, well, I'm always interested in what people have to say about the armorer, and definitely this season there's theories that uh, that the armorer is Ragnar, um, you know, the little Mando that, that I was right. uh, giving his helmet to in, in the first episode, that maybe she's his baby mama, um, which is just so, like, you know, reality show style gossip to me so i love that i love that people are wondering about that well they you know uh, why they then, say that emily right you know because well, yeah because of Django and boba fett and you know and the storyline boba fett is you know even though he's not considered a mandalorian right um mm -hmm. but Django uh during the the cloning when he was gifted with boba uh he then gave him the armor so it's like star wars fans want history to repeat itself from back in of the course, day. Yeah. That's why. Oh, well, and there's so many theories connecting me to, you know, Darth Maul and to uh, Rook cast. And I mean, especially with this, the second to last episode of this season, I was just blown away at how uh, the internet lit up with all of these conspiracy theories about the armorer 
and how everybody thought that she was, she had gone rogue and she was working with Moff Gideon and it was, it was kind of fun to, to get to see all of that. Well, the, the, you, I will tell you this from a fan's perspective, the way you stand, you stand like you're on the dark side. Oh, that, interesting. What it, is it about that? It, it there's you, you kind of have this, um, uh, this kind of lean to you when you're standing still and you remind me of like a, a an Imperial trooper or wow. I'm a star Wars nerd. So, uh, I love hearing this. So, but there's a, there's a, you know, and that's what I was going to ask you when you talked about, you know, when you auditioned in the mask is that, you know, like people that are born without sight or hearing, they have other intensified senses as an actress to do a character with just a mask, you can't show facial expression. So you have to show it in body language times two. And that's probably the vibe that I'm getting. Cause I can't see your face. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you as the audience, of course, are so much more keyed into the rest of my physicality. And so there's all sorts of things, um, that you're going to pick up on that I may or may not be trying to communicate. Oh. And, uh, and it, it's been such a, a gift actually with her because, um, I think that, that she as a character is so, I mean, just as, as a human, she's, she's very patient. She's very steady and out of necessity, it's really helpful for me to move more slowly in that, in that mask and to, you know, let things settle for a bit before reacting and so in a way, um, some of the hindrances of the armor actually help bring out some of her character traits, I think. And they help me move more slowly and trust that because I am somebody who has a lot of trouble sitting still. Uh -huh. Um, and I gesture a lot when I talk and I use my face a lot when I talk. So to step into her space and to allow really, you know, the breath that needs to be there for her and the truly the space and the, the lack of movement. Um, it requires a lot of patience and, uh, and yeah, I am very aware that, that people are looking at any other means of communication since they can't see my face. So, um, other movements can be really distracting. So that's something that we try to keep an eye on. How, how tough is it to watch in return of the Jedi when, uh, the Ewok dies and the other Ewoks on top and it's just, it's horrible. <laughs> I know I can't stand. Why'd you have to bring that up? I'm so sorry. You said you're a fan of the Ewoks. I, can't, I am. I can't watch that scene either. I don't like it either. It makes me sad. They're so cute. They are very very cute. Uh, I had the Ewok village as a kid. Wicked, yeah. of course, is the OG. The medicine, uh, the medicine man. Very very cool. Love the Ewoks. Didn't see that coming after uh, Empire Strikes Back. And the Mandalorian takes place. What, just just a few years after Jedi, right? Yes, that is my understanding. Yeah, and then uh, a couple decades before The Force Awakens. So you're in that, mm -hmm. like if you go online and, and look at the timeline, never in a million years as I was standing in line in 80-whatever for as a kid for Empire Strikes Back in the cold in Annapolis, Maryland, or whenever it was, uh, did I ever think that there would be so many different offshoots of the movie and the Isn't franchise. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. And I thought about that. There was this day on set in season one when George Lucas came um, and he, wow. he was standing there and he was telling stories and 
um, you know, of course this whole, whole group of us were gathered around him just wrapped. And, uh, and I, I just, I tried to wrap my mind around that, around what it must be like to have come up with, you know, the original story back in the seventies, try to get this movie made that nobody wanted to make with the limited, uh, means that they had then. And now almost 50 years later to have all of these other things that have spun off of it and to have this show and to have this still this continued love for these stories. I just, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And the continuity, you know, whoever takes over for the franchise for that particular project, uh, they, they find, you know, whether they were purposely planted Easter eggs from back in the day or not, but they find ways to say, well, if you remember in the original Star Wars, Boba was a kid and you could see him in the background, you know, like those types of things blow my mind, the continuity with the, because they know the fans, the diehard nerds, Star Wars nerds are going to get them if the continuity is not correct. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You're going to hear about it. Yeah, and and, and it gets ugly. These guys, that's all they do is they, they go out there in the internet. And have, you, have you had a diehard Star Wars fan come up to you and say, uh, they don't even call you Emily, they call you the armorer. And they say, yeah. excuse me, armorer, <laughs> do you realize that you're doing this wrong because of, have you had this? I haven't had that, no. which is great. I mean, I think that that's one of the gifts of having a, a character that didn't exist before. Um, I I sort of people maybe give me a little more grace when (laughs) to, to uh, establish my own stuff for her. Um, But yeah, fortunately nobody has, has called me out. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff online about it that I just haven't read, but nobody has done that face to face. They, there was uh, an article just recently how they're going to do another three, another trilogy, I believe, and one, it'll one of them will be based around Ray, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like her character and I like her as an actress. I don't know much about her, but I, I thought that was cool. Have you been approached for your character to go to the big screen? Uh, I. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. I learned about that when everybody else did. So we're often the last to know um, because they want to keep everything so under wraps. So I hope that there is is some involvement for the armorer, but who knows, um, you know, what aspect of the, the Mandalorian story they're going to be focusing on. I'm not sure. Well, I'm here to tell you, Emily, that you're getting ready to be offered a six picture deal the armor one through six, and and it's just going to be about your character. So, I hope, oh my gosh, I hope, that's that's a lot of pressure. I don't know about that. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Uh, before we let Emily go, Nate, uh, do you have a question for? Her? Yeah, Emily, uh, I've seen you've done some uh, video game voiceovers. Like, how does that work? Do you go in and read lines, or at this point, do they just you use AI and say, "Hey, can we use your voice?" Well, no, oh. I've actually done motion capture for the video games. Um, so. For The Last of Us 2, I went in and put on that that really attractive motion capture suit um, (laughs) and uh, got to go play make-believe for a couple of days, which is is what you're doing because when you're the the motion capture studios, you know, you have no set, you have no costumes or anything. So you really are going back to being like six years old and just imagining all of it. 
but it's such a trip because it's, you've got like a camera on your face because they can capture facial expressions and you're doing this absolutely, you know, you're playing out these scenes in this bare bones environment and then they do all these body scans and, and then to see what it ultimately looks like is incredible. And the last of us too was uh, kind of a funny coincidence. I worked with um, Jesse Graff as a stunt woman on that. And, uh, and then she came back and she was, she did some stunt work on Mandalorian season three. Um, and I just think she's phenomenal. She's, you know, she's been on American Ninja Warrior and, and she is just such a badass. So to get to work with her on a couple of things and watch her at work was really, really cool. Do you have a action figure of the armor? I have multiples. I have tiny ones and, <laughs> and you know, six inch ones. And I have the, the big sideshow one. Yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> that must be the coolest feeling to just not only have an action figure, but to have an action figure. That's a part of the star Wars franchise. Way oh cool. my gosh. Yeah. It is. I can't even words cannot describe. It's so cool. Yeah. All right, look, uh, I want to let you go. Congratulations on all the success of The Mandalorian. Thank you. Uh, love it, love it. You do a phenomenal job. I love the story. Give everyone my best, if you if you don't mind. I will. Now, I have to ask you, have you watched the season finale that dropped today? I did not. I have not. Okay. So I haven't watched it yet either. So. Easy, easy, easy. There's, there's, I, I've, I've been spotty for season three, so easy. Oh, okay. Easy. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, because my son and I have... He's a even bigger fan, so there's there's a back and forth, and I'm like, dude, relax. I haven't got there yet. Just relax. Uh, <laughs> there's this, just too much to watch. There's a lot to watch, and then of course you have to live, you know, your life. Yeah, uh, that's important too. The Mandalorian Disney Plus. She plays the armorer Emily Swallow. Thank you so much for coming on, Emily. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcast at BS.com. Now, get out of here.